This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Tie Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, the Edmonton Elks, who are in town Thursday night, staying on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And to discuss that, we bring in 6.30 Cheds, Brendan Escott. He hosts uh, a full game coverage of the Edmonton Elks. And uh, I would love to be talking about, you know, Trey Ford and what he did last week. I'd love to start there. We're going to get there. Um, but let's start with the big news of the week. Obviously, uh, the the Elks mutually agreeing to part ways with President Victor Kui. Uh, I mean, this seemed to come out of left field for me. I'm all the way here. What did you make of the situation? See, it didn't come out of left field for those of us that were sort of closer to the organization. I guess there were some rumblings for, I would say, the last maybe five to seven days that, in fact, this is the type of move that uh, that could be coming. He was away on vacation, uh, as I understand it, for a couple of weeks there, and and uh, that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, tough to say. I mean, a mutual parting of ways, Louie, in the middle of a season for a president and CEO of an organization, that's... Um there's more to the story here, and I know that in all likelihood, people have seen Farhan Lalji's reporting about uh, workplace conditions and, and that sort of thing. So while the team wouldn't come out and directly acknowledge that yesterday, uh, I think that there's more to the story than they were uh, coming out and directly acknowledging as well. Edmonton Alex, I mean, we, we know they're 0-9. You know, they, they, they obviously haven't won a game. They got a, a, a record-long losing streak uh, at home. But did a move have to be made? Was this one of those things that, you know, we need to give the fans, we need to show that we're moving as an organization? Is this a move that just had to be made? Or, like you said, because of these other things that were happening in the background, this, this move was inevitable at, at this point? The reason that I don't think that this is the move they needed to make right now because of the on-field performances, they just made those changes, right? They just had um, Jarius Jackson take over for Stephen McAdoo as offensive coordinator. Those are the kinds of changes that people were calling for, um, you know, and if you listen to the fans, you're going to be sitting with them real soon. But in reality, uh, we all knew that there needed to be a change on the field, the record a clear indicator of that. So we finally saw that. We finally saw uh, people's clocks get reset a little bit, I think, when Trey Ford was handed the starter's reins. And, you know, has flashed the same potential that we saw last year. Obviously, there's there's a lot that this team has to be able to overcome in order to win a single game. Uh, but, you know, Ford is is an answer to that. So the off-field stuff that's that's come this week is, is uh, you know, I, it's pretty disappointing, I think. And, and this team is going to have to continue exercising an ability to compartmentalize and, and really block out some of the outside noise and that sort of thing. So I guess to get back to the original question, I mean, I, I, I think I, I suspect that there's more that's gone on here that meets the eye, and, and I think that that's going to come out in the wash here uh, soon. Okay, well, we'll keep our ears open uh, to 6.30 Chad for all the latest on on that one. Um, before we let you go on this one, before we move on, excuse me, uh, on just the, you know, the front office stuff, uh, Tom Richards uh, yesterday seemed to give a vote of confidence to his head coach, Chris Jones. How is that? going over in Edmonton among Elks fans? Were they happy to hear that? Or was that not the answer they were expecting to hear uh, when it comes to the uh, the head coach pres- or, uh, and, and GM of, the, of their football team? 
I think it's hard for people to separate that the move was made for reasons other than the 0-9 record right now. So when you're looking at a team that's 0-9, you're saying, well, why wouldn't you fire the head coach and general manager? That's the direct causation of these problems. Um, but this wasn't a move made because of the record on the football field. This is what I'm saying about things that contributed to a workplace environment that um, it's been widely reported now, even though Tom Richards wasn't necessarily acknowledging that was the case yesterday. Uh, it's It's been pretty widely reported that there's been a couple of different instances that contributed to that. So, you know, we're, we're pretty confident in that being the case. Um, people are still wondering why Chris Jones has the vote of confidence. I understand where they're coming from. He's 4-23 and 23 over the last two years and counting. We're riding a 13-game winless streak. Like, the, the, the obvious consternation. I get why people are upset, but they did double down on their confidence in Chris Jones. There's not a lot of people out there with CFL acumen that can come in. And, and frankly, you know, the situation on the field right now, I think, is, you know, it's not necessarily a direct result of Chris Jones. The team hasn't had great quarterback play they haven't had the kind of money to devote to um well chris jones needs to take responsibility i think for maybe allocating money better uh, as they sign free agents and that sort of thing certainly but um yeah louis i I think to summarize i will say Mm. that there's a lot of fans wondering why it was was victor qui that ended up uh, with walking papers instead of chris jones certainly all right, well, let's talk about the actual uh, football team. And uh, obviously a, a big return uh, back in the lineup. Uh, am I led to believe that Eugene Lewis is uh, going to be ready to go uh, tomorrow night in Hamilton? Yes, he should be back off the uh, six-game injured list. And finally, three games into his tenure, he, he, he ends up getting hurt. But it only took a one play, uh, the 102-yard catch and run in game one, for everybody to realize exactly what Eugene Lewis's potential could be with this team. So uh, they've sorely missed him. You know, I see him around the practice field. He's been in street clothes, obviously, for a lot of the last several weeks. And his energy there is 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 noticeable, right? Like he's out there uh, coaching guys up on drills that he wouldn't otherwise be participating in, and and so I, I think he's the type of not only player in in the way that he can get it done on the field, but he's the type of leader that they may uh, well benefit from having back in the lineup as well. And when you look at Trey Ford, I mean they're not devoid of receiving options by any means, but when you can plug in a most outstanding player finalist, uh, that's that's a pretty good uh, option to be, you know, just kind of chuck and duck and and throw I guess if you you need the option you know Eugene Lewis is there to help you out much as we saw Kenny Lawler uh, last year and and then oh man Kenny Lawler against uh, Edmonton last week another beautiful one-handed catch so they're hoping they can resurrect some of that with Eugene returning all right let's talk about uh, the pride of Niagara Falls Ontario the A.N. Meyer graduate uh, that, that being Trey Ford, 12 of 16, 189 yards, a touchdown. Uh, he had that great rush as well, 50 yards and a touchdown to go along on the ground. A little bit afterwards, seeming to have called out maybe the play calling a little bit. How did this go over? We heard what Chris Jones had to say, but, uh, I mean, get on the second-year quarterback for, for saying something. I agree. You know what? He's he's saying, listen, I'm out here, and yeah, this is my first start of the season, but no, this is not my first go-around in the CFL. Like You've got a guy who um, they kept the reins on. He threw the ball 16 times. He completed 12 passes, right? Like It wasn't like they were uh, struggling for offensive production in that sense. Now, from the perspective of a new offensive coordinator, I'm not going to try and integrate everything in week number one at the helm. I understand that. 
But tell you what, I love the gusto, so to speak, of Trey Ford to be able to to say something in year two, being like, yeah, I understand, but look, like I, I want to push the ball down the field a lot more. And and certainly, Louis, that the offense didn't have anywhere near enough of that in the game with Taylor Cornelius. That was he captain check down, if I may say so. Uh, so to have somebody ambitious and wanting the play calling to look in that direction as the weeks go on here, I think is going to be super important here because there's obviously kinks that Trey needs to work out of his game still and you know processing things at this speed and 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 uh, what have you but overall he has flashed so much excitement that I think that that in itself is reason for people to want to you know keep an eye on on what the Elks are going to do in the second half of this season here not for the sake that they're going to flip it all around and go on a playoff run but just okay this guy's actually the quarterback of the future so let's just give him the reins and and see what he can do and what better time for that for a second start of the year than for his homecoming back in Hamilton. His homecoming back in Hamilton, the site of his only other uh, CFL win, that being in his first game when uh, when they edged out the Ticats after starting the year 0-3 last season. Um, what other bright spots have you seen from this team? Obviously, you know, just a great first half of football last week against the Blue Bombers. Uh, you know, Bombers are going to do what they do. They made adjustments. You know, they came out as the better team in the second half. But what positives can Elks fans take from – that last week going into a Hamilton team that's, you know, we're going to get into the Scott Milanovic stuff because I, I know he was a one-time uh, Edmonton Elks uh, head coach, but uh, what do you think they're looking to ex- exploit here against the Ticats this week? Well, you know, we saw a lot of success for them at the starts, like just start a football game well, and they've been able to do that, right? They stormed out to a 22 nothing lead uh, with a couple of their own offensive plays and then capitalizing when Luchez Pirofoy uh, with a pick six on, on Zach Caleros there. So, like, the team's ability to get out there and... and get some momentum going out of the gate that's actually been pretty impressive so you know i i like that idea uh the running game flashed some promise and i think that trey ford's ability to move seriously unlocks that and it gives defenses uh, that reason for pause you know that run pass option stuff that's a lot of the plays that we saw them have success on that kevin brown run for 65 yards up the middle that's a delayed handoff trey could have kept that too right so these are the things that he unlocks because of who he is that's reason for excitement certainly I think about AC Leonard on the other side of the ball you know Jake Ceresna to me is really the the linchpin of that defensive line but not having a super strong year AC Leonard suddenly is second in the CFL in sacks with eight so getting after the quarterback the veteran the former uh, tight end at one point in in uh, his well when trying for the NFL uh, now tearing it up in in, uh, Chris Jones's defense so you know, there's a couple of bright spots there, certainly. But as you highlighted, Louis, it's it's can this team play four quarters of football? They have proven over and over again they can play two really good quarters of football. And then when it comes time to make adjustments, I don't know if it's stubbornness with coaching. I don't know if it's inability to execute. I'm not sure what goes on at halftime. But this team has to find a way to grow up. And when they do, maybe they'll win a couple of games by the end of the year. Because now we've seen with Trey Ford at the helm that he can actually move the ball down the field I uh, brought up Scott Milanovic of course uh, what is he how is he perceived uh, in Edmonton uh, among Elk circles what what's the general feeling he'll be making his uh, I guess sideline debut for the Ticats or at least uh, you know the upstairs debut depending on where he decides to call plays for the Ticats uh, next week uh, how is he perceived in the city of Edmonton 
Well, listen, I don't think it was his fault that COVID hit when it did. It, it just, uh, you know, a bizarre circumstance here. So when we talk about Milanovic, it's often with this kind of wry smile on our face. Like, oh, yeah, that uh, that totally happened. He was totally here. So by no means did he, like, burn a bridge or where everybody's upset with him for, for going on to a different opportunity. Um kind of a humorous footnote in Edmonton Elks history in a time Louie where humorous footnotes are are welcome because there's been a lot of painful ones over the last four years or so so uh, I'm very curious what he's going to bring you know I talked to Serezna about it this week he doesn't have uh, a whole lot of a, a playbook or a, a scouting report on Milanovic so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how how that uh, offense looks there uh, from from the Tiger Cats side of things certainly uh, but no hard feelings out west <laughs> so Chris Pronger and the scale of Chris Pronger to Jerome Ginla, where is uh, where is Scott Milanovic in public enemy list? Uh, yeah, on the traitors list. Okay, well, <laughs> Pronger's pretty high so up I, there. I knew bringing up Chris Pronger would at least get a reaction out of you, so I had to do it. Uh, Brendan Escott, I appreciate uh, you making the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this, my friend. I always appreciate it, Louie. Thank you. My thanks to Brendan Escott for joining me today, and my thanks to you as well, because we could not do this show without your support. So thank you very much. Make sure you like and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Speaking with the Enemy or uh, any of the other great shows we have for you here on the Cats Audio Network. Speaking of Speaking with the Enemy, you catch a brand new episode as part of Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks. And while you're listening, uh, listen to the Greenworks Listen to Win during Tiger Cats pregame. Listen live at listen.tigercats.ca starting at 6.30 on Thursday. And uh, if you are listening, you could be listening for your chance to win an 80-volt, 16-inch front mount string trimmer with a four amp hour battery and charger uh, and that is just for listening make sure you are listening to full tiger cats game day coverage tomorrow right here on the tiger cats audio network from all of us here i am louis butko hoping you have a great weekend go cats go